Hello, and welcome to Whatever Wednesday with Burkhart Books, the podcast. I'm your host, Diane Burkhart. I hope you'll subscribe and join me every Wednesday for, well, <laughs> whatever. Let's get on with our show today. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Diane Burkhart, your host. Today is March 2nd, and for many of you of the Catholic faith, today falls on Ash Wednesday. It seems rather poignant right now that Ash Wednesday happens to be at the same time of the conflict that's going on in the Ukraine, with Ash Wednesday being a reflection of the reminder of the mortality of human beings. It seems like a perfect time to add a few prayers during your regular Ash Wednesday service for those people in the Ukraine right now. Now, I'm not going to make this a political podcast at all. That is not what we do here. But in times like this, it has to at least be mentioned because when atrocities like this happen, the least you can do is acknowledge it and say, this is not right. People need to stand up against tyrants like Putin and the conflict going on right now and say, we do not support this. We support the good people in the Ukraine standing up for their own country and their own right to live. And I think on this Ash Wednesday, it is the perfect time for all of us to come together and say a prayer for those who are the innocents in this whole conflict. So if you don't mind, I'm going to take just a moment to have a moment of silence. And I would ask that each of you say a word to whoever it is that you pray to and ask for protection and guidance for everyone in this situation. Thank you. Thank you for saying your prayers. Today we want to go on and talk about, oh my gosh, books. Huh, who would have thought somebody who writes books were going to talk about books, and other than my own, of course. <laughs> now, today also happens to be National Read Across America Day. You know we weren't going to have a podcast without me mentioning a national day, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> so if you have any interest in today's national day, the Read Across America Day, I would suggest you check out the National Education Association website. It's very easy to find. NEA.org. O-R-G. You can find all kinds of information about what they have going on today. Hopefully this is not too late for this. I'm not sure what time it's actually going to go out in the United States. I have a hard time with those time conversions. But if it's not too late, you should check out the NEA Facebook page. Today, Wednesday, March 2nd at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific, they're going to have a National Read Across America celebration where they talk with four different young adult authors. This is going to be a great talk today, and it's in partnership with Simon & Schuster, so you can kind of guess who the books are being published through. You should check it out. These are some great authors, and they're really focusing on diversity this year, so there's going to be something to appeal to just about everyone. Now, today also happens to be the birthday of Dr. Seuss. So if you want to celebrate the National Read Across America Day, you could always pick up a Dr. Seuss book. And who doesn't love a good rhyme? I mean, come on. I remember growing up, I had a whole collection of Dr. Seuss books. Some of my favorites were the ABC book, Green Eggs and Ham, Fox and Socks, and of course, who doesn't love the cat in the hat? One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, Horton Hears a Who? I mean... 
The list just goes on and on of great books by Dr. Seuss. You have a whole slew you can choose from. I'm sure you can find one to enjoy Read Across America Day and Dr. Seuss's birthday. I also have another bit of good news. I'm doing much better at figuring out the IT problems that we've been having with recordings here. And I'm hoping that this weekend I will be able to do a practice recording with somebody else to try and get a remote interview going. Because I really desperately want to get past just being me here. Because I'm sure as much as you love listening to my dulcet voice, you would be much more interested in hearing me interview other authors. The indie authors that are writing right now have some amazing talent out there. And I really want to start sharing some of that with you. Because one of the biggest problems that indie authors have is getting notice. It is so hard as an indie author if you don't have a huge budget, and honestly, most of us don't. It's really hard to get recognition. So the more that we can do these kinds of interviews and podcasts and share blogs and things like that and cross-promote each other, the better we're all going to be for it. And honestly, I want to be part of that solution. So I'm hoping that maybe in a few weeks we can have our first author interview. So stay tuned for that. If you talk to anybody now who's an avid reader, more likely than not, they will tell you that their love of reading started when they were young. It can be modeled for us. I remember my parents read a lot. My parents were both very different kinds of readers. My mom could dive into a book and finish it in a weekend. She could go through a stack in a month, and it was not a chore for her. My dad, reading was a little bit more of a struggle for him, but it was still so important. Even now, in his early 80s, he spends most of his time reading. He loves reading books. And my mom, same thing. She's always got her little Kindle e-reader out, and she's reading something all the time, whenever she's not, you know, taking a nap. (laughs) My mom's other favorite pastime, and she will be happy to admit to that. And it's really kind of amazing the effects that we can have on other people's choices to read just by them seeing us reading, especially when it's children. The more children see their parents reading, the more likely they are going to want to do it themselves. And if a parent actually sits down and reads to their children, their likelihood of being an avid reader increases. And there have been many studies on this. I can happily attribute my love of reading to seeing my parents read and even seeing my grandparents read. Everybody around me showed me how valuable it was, how enjoyable it was, and I definitely thank them from the bottom of my heart because I love reading. And if it wasn't for reading, I never would have gotten into being a writer. I think most of the people who become writers do so because they want to write the books that they want to read. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? You can create your own stories that you can't find elsewhere. It's wonderful and it's freeing and it's entertaining and God willing, someday profitable too. (laughs) So now how are you going to celebrate Read Across America Day? Are you going to pick up Dr. Seuss? Are you going to check out the National Education Association's Young Adult Authors? Or maybe pick up one of my books, because you know, I would love it if you did that. There are so many options to choose from. I hope you have a wonderful Read Across America Day and find something entrancing to read. But the time has come to go on with chapter three of my book, Into the West, The Orphan Train by Stephen Burkhart. My not-so-secret secret secret identity. (laughs) Into the West, The Orphan Train by Stephen Burkhart. 
Part 1 of the Into the West Saga Serial Chapter 3 Elizabeth awoke to the sound of a bell ringing in the hall. Sister Mary Catherine was walking the hall again, ringing her brass bell as she weaved her way in and out of all of the rooms on the girl's floor. Elizabeth was still clutching her pillow to her, with her back pressed against the wall. She felt fine until she started to get up. The minute she moved, every lash she had received the night before sent painful reminders of her encounter with Sister Mary Clare coursing through her body. Slowly, she sat up and gently swung her legs over the side of the bed. Elizabeth gradually put her weight on her feet. Thankfully, the cold floors again helped to soothe her bruised soles. Slowly, she walked over to where Carrie was getting her clothes out of her cupboard and patiently waited to get hers. As Carrie walked back to her bed to get dressed, Sonia stepped up and pushed Elizabeth out of her way. Her hand landed directly on the worst of the lashes on her back. Elizabeth let out a cry as she grabbed the bedpost to steady herself. What is wrong with you, you big baby? I barely touched you, said Sonia. Sonia retrieved her clothes from her cupboard and walked away in a huff, mocking Elizabeth as she went. Carrie came over and started to reach for Elizabeth, but Elizabeth moved away from her grasp. Don't touch me! Elizabeth snapped as she tried to stand up straight again. She exhaled with some effort, then looked at Carrie. The little girl looked hurt and seemed to be struggling not to cry. Elizabeth immediately felt bad for the way she had reacted. I'm sorry, Carrie, it's just... Elizabeth paused as another twinge of pain stung her back. She took a deep breath and continued. <sighs> I hurt, and if you touch me, it will hurt more. Carrie's expression changed to one of concern as she spoke. Why are you hurting? What's wrong? Elizabeth looked to see where Sonia and Michelle were. They were on the other side of the room getting dressed. Elizabeth retrieved her dress from her cupboard and gently walked to the far side of the room so the other girls couldn't hear as she explained to Carrie what had happened the night before. Carrie shook her head as she listened. I told you. I told you you would get in trouble if you went to the boys' side. Girls aren't allowed over there, said Carrie as she started to wring her hands. Sister Mary Claire scares me. I would hate to be punished by her. Carrie looked across the room at Sonia to see if she was paying attention to them. Luckily, she wasn't. Sonia and Michelle were busy brushing their hair and picking out ribbons to tie it up. Carrie leaned closer to Elizabeth and whispered, Don't let Sonia know you are hurt. She will do things to make you hurt more. I've seen her do it to other girls who have been lashed. As the girls were talking, Elizabeth tried to slip her dress on over her head, but when she raised her arms, it made her back hurt. Seeing the trouble she was having, Carrie reached over and took her friend's dress from her and helped her slip it on. When she had it settled in place, she moved behind Elizabeth and fastened the buttons for her. Then she helped her put the apron on and gently tied the strings in a loose bow in the back. There. You're all done, said Carrie. Elizabeth turned to look at her friend and gave her a weak smile as she said, Thank you. Next, the girls put on their shoes. This was not an easy task with the pain in her feet, but Elizabeth found bending over to tie her shoes was easier than trying to lift the dress over her head. With their shoes on, 
Both girls ran their fingers through their hair quickly to smooth it out as best as possible. Come on, said Carrie. We should head downstairs before Michelle and Sonia are ready. A few of the girls were out in the hall and some were heading down the stairs. Many of them looked at Elizabeth, but none spoke to her. Elizabeth said hello to a few, but no one answered. They all just looked from her to Carrie, then turned away. Uh, I'm sorry, Lizzie, said Carrie. I doubt anyone will talk to you since you are with me. Sonia told them the same thing she told you. If they're friends with her, they can't be friends with me. Carrie was silent for a moment, then quietly added, I'm really sorry. Carrie sounded so sad it made Elizabeth almost forget for a moment about her own pain. Elizabeth reached over and took hold of Carrie's hand. You don't have to be sorry. Carrie looked at their hands and looked up at Elizabeth. Tears were beginning to build in Carrie's eyes, but none fell. She smiled as she squeezed Elizabeth's hand. When she spoke, it was barely audible. Thank you, Lizzie. The girls walked down the hall hand in hand and made their way down the staircase. When they came to the desk in the main hall, there was a line of children waiting to walk past. A nun Elizabeth didn't know was already at the desk working. Boys were lined up on one side of the desk and girls on the other. As each child walked up to the desk, they would face the nun. The boys would bow and the girls would curtsy as they said, Good morning, sister. Then the children walked past without waiting for a reply. The nun working at the desk never even looked up as the children passed. Carrie got in line and made her way past the nun, then stopped a few feet behind the desk and waited for Elizabeth to follow. Just as Elizabeth stepped up to say good morning to the sister, Mrs. Kelly stepped out from the side office. Good morning, Lizzie. I hope you had a wonderful first night with us, said Mrs. Kelly as she stood smiling at Elizabeth. Elizabeth quickly said good morning to the nun, then turned to curtsy to Mrs. Kelly. Good morning, Mrs. Kelly, answered Elizabeth. She tried not to flinch as she moved. She didn't want Mrs. Kelly to know she had already gotten into trouble. Elizabeth kept her eyes a bit downcast as she added, Yes, ma'am, the night was good. I'm so glad to hear that. After you have breakfast, I will come and find you and Connor, then we can... Mrs. Kelly didn't get to finish. She was cut off by Connor's voice coming from the boy's staircase. Lizzie! Connor yelled as soon as he saw Elizabeth. He took off running down the stairs and rounded the desk with his arms flung out as he headed straight for Elizabeth. Elizabeth tried to brace herself for the pain that was going to come the minute Connor latched onto her. To try to minimize his ability to grasp onto her, she put her hands out in front of herself to keep him away. As Elizabeth tried to hold him off of her, Connor looked at her with tears welling up in his eyes. He couldn't understand why his sister was pushing him away. Seeing the hurt look on his face, Elizabeth took a deep breath and readied herself as she dropped her arms and let her little brother cling to her. As his tiny arms encircled her and squeezed with all his might, pain flared through Elizabeth as her bruised and battered back protested the pressure on top of the lash marks. Elizabeth tried not to cry out, but the pain was too much to ignore. Mrs. Kelly was not sure what was going on, but decided to take the children into her office. 
The other children and the nuns in the hall had all fallen silent as they stopped to stare at Elizabeth as she cried and tried to gently pry her little brother off of her. Elizabeth, Connor, please come in here right now, Mrs. Kelly said. Mrs. Kelly held the door to her office open and the two awkwardly made their way past her. Connor obviously did not want to let go of his sister and Elizabeth was desperately trying to gently escape her little brother's grip. Mrs. Kelly knelt down and spoke to Connor as she gently pulled his arms from Elizabeth. Connor, dear, I need you to go sit in that chair, said Mrs. Kelly as she pointed to a chair by the door. Connor looked at the chair, then back at Elizabeth. He looked like he was ready to dive back onto his sister and not let go. Mrs. Kelly kept hold of his arms as she turned him to look at her. Connor, I need to talk to Lizzie. She's not going to leave this room without you, okay? Now I need you to sit over there. Mrs. Kelly turned him to face the chair again as she spoke. Connor looked over his shoulder at Elizabeth, but slowly walked to the chair and sat down. Mrs. Kelly took a deep breath and then turned toward Elizabeth. Once free of her brother, Elizabeth had backed up against the far wall, out of everyone's reach. Mrs. Kelly observed the girl's guarded behavior and felt a sinking feeling in the pit of her stomach. Please come here, Lizzie, said Mrs. Kelly gently as she held out her hand to Elizabeth. Elizabeth looked at the ground as she walked over to the woman. Mrs. Kelly lightly took hold of Elizabeth's arms, carefully watching the girl's reaction. When she didn't flinch, Mrs. Kelly reached up to lift Elizabeth's chin to try to get the little girl to look at her. When Elizabeth finally raised her eyes to look at Mrs. Kelly, the woman gave her a kind smile and said, Please tell me what happened, Lizzie. Elizabeth startled the woman by taking another step toward her and leaning against her. The sad little girl put her head on Mrs. Kelly's shoulder and cried. And I think this is where we are going to end the reading for today, and I hope you will join me next week when we continue with Chapter 3 of Into the West, The Orphan Train, by Stephen Burkhart, my alter ego. <laughs> I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday and a great weekend. See you next time.